Interested in space travel and all things science? Well, you've come to the right place because on this week's episode of the Debate Without Debate podcast, we sat down for a conversation with Justin Schiavo. Justin is a lifelong space fanatic, a Regeneron finalist, is headed to MIT next fall, and is also belovedly known as the Rocket Man. But without further ado, let's hop into this conversation. Debate Without Debate podcast, episode 007, and in today's episode, we have a really, really amazing guest, arguably one of our best guests, actually. He is the rocket man, not Kim Jong-un, <laughs> but he is Justin Schiavo. Give a round of applause for Justin Schiavo, everybody. Guys, I really, uh, thank you, Joey, for that amazing introduction. That, that's very funny. Yeah. Justin, before we begin, uh, as we do with everybody else, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're passionate about? All right. So <laughs> um, as a lot of people who may know me, if they've seen my Instagram, if they've seen anything that I've ever done, they know that I am in love with space travel and the universe and getting humans to Mars. This is a passion that I developed so far in the past that I, I literally do not remember how it started. Hmm. Like, I don't remember how it started. It just was a part of me. And, in, and basically... My logic for it is that, like, most kids, they, they kind of, like, grow up. I really didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I still like to think with my head in the clouds. I still like to think about the future in the most idealistic way possible. Hmm. And I do believe that I want to be a part of the journey to make humans an interplanetary species. And so far, everything I've done in my life has been toward that goal. Well, I can definitely speak to your passion a little bit. Um, Justin and I have literally known each other since I came to where we live now. I've known you since like kindergarten, which is really crazy to yeah. think about that we're going to college now. That's insane. Um, and maybe we'll maybe we'll post this picture, but um, there's a picture of Justin and I. Like I think it was after one of the one of the relay days where we had like games when we were in um, like before elementary school and pre K, um, and. That picture, my mom always shows it to me. Like when, especially this year, this year is hard. Senior year is hard for everyone who knows. Um, But when I would reflect back on things, that's one of the pictures that would always come up like on our Facebook feed, Um, which which is awesome. And so I'm I'm very grateful to have you on today. I really appreciate it, Asher. Absolutely, dude. And... Um, by the way, to the audience that doesn't know, Asher did get into Georgetown. And, and Justin got into MIT. So <laughs> that's awesome. And, and we'll definitely talk a little bit about what that process was like for you, because I'm sure a lot of people listening are probably very interested about that. But first yeah. up, let's talk about the origins of this passion. You said you don't remember it. Is there any point that you can remember in your mind where you're like, yep, that I was really, really passionate. And that's the earliest moment I can remember. The, so I have what I remember and I have what my parents tell me. So my parents tell me that like when I was little, basically all I would do is watch those uh, like little Einstein shows, mm. like like baby. I love that. Stuff. Baby that Einstein, awesome. baby Van Gogh. <laughs> was it was childhood. like the, 
it was like the precursor to like little Einsteins with the with the animated like climb aboard, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, and I was so mesmerized by it. And also there was this also awesome thing that I used to watch as a kid that was hosted by Sam Neill called Hyperspace that was extremely violent mm. that would keep me your, up at night. Your parents would let you watch that. <laughs> they they wouldn't let me watch it afterwards. They don't know. But I was so intrigued by it, not because I was scared, but I was I was so curious. Mm. And the earliest memory I have really is I used to have these um these uh like these little play planets hanging from the ceiling of my room. I was probably like three, and I remember like taking like all my books or whatever, like all my children's books, and trying to like stack them, and I was trying to like climb up it. To try and like touch the ceiling, almost to, to like touch the wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a great metaphor. that's a great metaphor. I, I love. That. I did end up falling on my face. Hey, listen, sometimes Which, that happens. Yeah, and that's also a pretty good metaphor for my research journey as well, which we'll get to as Absolutely. well. Yeah. So, and um, what else? My my parents did did tell me that my first word after mom and dad was moon. So, wow. wow. This has been ingrained with a I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. So really, from. really weird thought. Um but this kind of gets into the to the whole idea of uh, Can I ask a question though? No, one second. All right, all right. Uh, between <laughs> between between nature versus nurture, because there are some people who just are born for certain things, but there are other people, like for example, I have no idea what I want to do in the future. I think we talked about this before. Um my passions have always changed, but there's some people who just consistently love one thing, and Justin's one of those people. But Joe, go ahead. Sorry. If I yeah. So quite obviously, you're not normal, and I say that in the best way possible. I, I hope that's that, fine. Yeah, yeah. I would it, take it, it extraordinary. As an yeah, I would take being normal as an insult, honestly. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get into that after this anyway. But <laughs> so you've talked about that moment where you're like, oh, I'm into space, right? Or I'm into space exploration, all that sort of stuff. But has there ever been a moment where you're like, I'm different than the rest of the bunch of kids in my school or around me? I think I started to go through that when I started to um, really gain my own self-awareness, really. Like, when I was a kid, I was, I used, I don't, no. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was very, like, introvertic sorry intro i was an introvert i yeah. was an introvert and i mostly kept to myself i and the thing that comforted me is just that that vision of the bigger universe but i also did love people and i was kind of i guess as a kid frustrated that really no one understood it in the same way that i do which in some ways i still feel that way but i would say around the age of like seven to ten around the the age of my brother who's in uh fifth grade right now wow. oh my god i really so, started so to <laughs> yeah i really started to realize that like not everyone thinks the way i think not everyone has that same drive that same passion that i have mm -hmm. and obviously my parents tell me that every day but it, that was such a revelation to me mm. that there were that there were people not like me that there were people that think in such a different way that I do that I can't make them understand and I think that's a very grown up thing that everyone goes through I think I was just 
lucky enough to go through it <laughs> very early for some reason. Dude, I'm like I'm like choking up right now because I had this moment only only like a few I guess a few weeks ago, um, where for the first time in my life I truly feel proud of what I've done. Like this this whole especially the college process was crazy, and we're recording this after everything's released, which is why it's kind of on my mind. But yeah. to get to that point where you and, and I'm I'm sure from you because you've done amazing stuff. Do you feel proud of what you've done so far? I'm I'm proud, but I'm also like, yeah, I'm proud, but the work isn't done yet. Absolutely, yeah, so you don't feel fulfilled. There's yet. there, I I believe that I'm going to be working at this for the rest of my life, and like that really reminds me of, I know Aman has referenced uh, Casey Neistat mm-hmm. in the first one. And I actually put this as my quote for Regeneron when they like put it up on the boards in like the the lounge or whatever. Um, Side note: Justin is a Regeneron finalist, <laughs> which was awesome, which we're gonna talk about. Yeah. But go ahead, go ahead. Um, I uh, there's this awesome quote that he had. I'm not sure if it's his or if he was like paraphrasing way, but he said that if you dedicate your entire life to a dream, you will find it hmm. because it. It's not about whether you you have the ability to do it. It's that you want it more than anyone else. And you have to be crazy. You have to be obsessed to do that. And when you do that, you can't ever feel like you're done. You can't get comfortable. Can't it also be very daunting? I know I know Casey's talked about this a little bit on on his channel. The, the whole idea of burnout, which is something that I think I've experienced uh, lately, um, only in the past few months. But can't do you ever feel like it's just so much? Because you're, dude, like, you're doing the unthinkable. You're doing, like, the Star Trek world, right? <laughs> That's That can take further than your lifetime. Are you okay knowing that that might not be realized within in your life? life? If I, that's why I always say, like, I don't want to be the first man on Mars. I want to be a part of it mm. because if I can be a part of it, if I can contribute to that, I know I did my part as a human in the next step of our species and that our legacy, if we take that next step, that legacy will live on forever or at least until the human race goes extinct. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Um, no, but like, this is the stuff I think about. Yeah. Daily. So, for people who, oh wait, my bad. Did I cut you off? No, 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 no that's <laughs> it. Yeah. So, uh, of course, we're talking about all this, uh, all this um, space exploration stuff. Can you tell the audience what you've actually done? Because <laughs> this is kind of, okay. I think they're a little. So, this is probably the coolest part. Yeah, this is insane. What I heard, what he's doing, is crazy. But so, basically, what I want to do is, I want to be an aerospace engineer to either work on design or fly the first rocket to Mars. And I mean fly, I mean like the mechanic on board that fixes everything and knows everything about the ship. That's like my, that's like the pinnacle dream, but yeah. I know that that's not realistic. So, but I would be perfectly happy just being in like the, the factory, like building the engine itself and just watching my work blast off when, into the When stars. did you realize that that was the goal? Because I remember, and I think I have this in one of our yearbooks, you're like, it says Justin Schiavo, astronaut. Where my mine said like Asher Baikov, I want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a doctor anymore. But when did you realize that you were you were okay with still being on the ground? I think it really. Well, I do want to leave Earth one day. Okay. I just I I don't care about being the first. Hmm. 
like I honestly do believe in the next 100 years in our lifetime, we will have started a colony on Mars. And why do you I think, would like to die there? That? Because like, where else are we going to go? Like we've gotten to every frontier on this planet. Sure. Except for maybe the ocean. But even then, we're not going to live down in the ocean. We're going to be mean, living... Atlantis, a, bro. I mean, like, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe if we screw everything up. But um, really, even in the best possible scenario, where we're able to stay on Earth living peacefully as a not spacefaring species... Whether we like it or not, in, a, in one billion years, the sun is going to get 10% brighter and the earth will become an uninhabitable. Mm-hmm. So if we want to survive the next, um, the next billion years, if we want to really prove ourselves as an intelligent species and live beyond that, we need to venture off our planet. Now, the first big step to that is getting to another planet and doing a full permanent settlement Mm. and we we, kind of went through this already with the apollo missions on the moon and that's why everyone is saying like we could build a moon base today we've done how how come because we've done the exploration we know it's there we know where the moon comes from and we know what resources are there as well if we and we could also do it for the price of the international space station what really yeah we could we could, What's especially it? now with um, uh, what SpaceX is doing with reusable rockets, the price drops dramatically. Sure. Wait, so they've been, they've been reusing rockets? I'm so yeah, yeah, yeah. They have been. They've been reusing the same rockets over and over. On the Falcon Heavy, the one that went up last year, the two side boosters were flown before. Wow, hmm. that's, that's crazy. That's we should we should talk a little bit about SpaceX just for a hot second before we jump into your research. Of course. Um. What is SpaceX, Justin? Yeah, first, what's SpaceX? Like, to me, or? Oh, no, just in general. Just in general, well, and, then, and then you can is, say what it means to you. SpaceX is a company founded by Elon Musk in 2002, and basically... <laughs> he knows the exact date. <laughs> do you know the exact, exact date? Bas- I, I know how it started. Okay, do it, do <laughs> it. Basically, he wanted to, like, do, like, more of a publicity stunt in, like, sending, like, a greenhouse to Mars, but he was frustrated in the fact that, like, the Russians wouldn't give him any rockets. <laughs> And, like, NASA wouldn't do anything for him either. So he just said, screw it. I'm going to get a bunch of rocket scientists together, and we're going to figure this out Dude, on our he own. sounds like Tony Stark. Yeah. Th- that's the dream. Yeah. That's the dream. And that's why that's, like, my favorite adventure. Because, like, one, he's the most realistic. Sure. And, two, like, he's such a cool character. Mm. <laughs> like, if I, w- if I were to be anything, like, in fantasy, I would be Tony Stark. Yeah, I guess 100%. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. But basically, what he's doing, his goal is to, his company's goal is to make humans a multiplanetary species, to get humans to Mars, not just to go there, but to stay. Hmm. And, like, it was really tough in the beginning. Like, the company was founded in 2002. They had three failure launches. They were almost out of money, and the fourth one worked in 2009 so this is now 10 years since spacex really took off uh no pun intended (laughs) and um they if they didn't make that mission work then they would have gone out of business so like it's it's more of a fate thing Mm. and now they're the most advanced rocket and innovation company 
in the world. If I'm correct, they they are launching more rockets than any other country combined, right? Except for China. Oh, really? Except for China. China does launch a lot. What's the incentive for China? take over everything (laughs) just like we've been talking about in other episodes they want to they want to take over with economic power now they want to we we should jump into this though not only that but it's even scarier because whoever gets there first in space and really claims it yes they set the rules this is this is what i'm concerned about when it comes to space exploration so it's it follows the same vein of thought you talk about how we can conquer all the frontiers imperialism or something that's my concern that's my concern that that when we come here, then we take it over and we claim it as if it's own. But in reality, like, what if it's not meant to be ours? That plus, dum, dum, what dum. if we just we did? <laughs> what if we just do the same stuff that we did here, where we destroy basically our Earth with with how we're polluting it, with how like that that the the whole idea of just consuming everything in a planet, moving on, consuming, moving on, to me is just. It, it disrespects the whole process because in, in my mind, we don't own the earth. The earth owns us. Yeah, like, but here's the thing. Like, like, if we go extinct, like, say we blow ourselves up in a nuclear Armageddon, I believe. Do you know the, the YouTube channel Kurtzgazat in a yeah, nutshell? Yeah. yeah. They just released a video today, actually, that said... Um, what if you took all the nukes in the world and detonated I it saw that. in I saw the, that. Uh, the Amazon rainforest? We could make ourselves go extinct, mm-hmm. but like life would be fine. Life in the oceans wouldn't care at all in a few million years. I mean, it if would we bounce back without us, if we the Earth does not care, the Earth does not give a crap. If let's we say we detonate everything. Let's let's jump. Let's say yeah. we detonate everything. That kills more than just humans. Oh yeah, that kills more than just humans. That kills trees, but. All the the basic life, bacteria, okay. all the compost in the ground, everything is still there. And so you think it would just replenish? Years, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just like a total restart. Do another. Uh, yeah. Not only that, but like whenever there's an asteroid impact, rocks are falling into space. Those microbes are kind of held in like a Noah's Ark almost. And then when the time comes, say one of those asteroids come back and hits Earth, that life form can now pick up where they left off mm. and that's why like it's so intriguing to like look back in time and see that in like the late heavy bombardment where it was this time in the solar system early in the solar system solar system like the planets are a couple um a couple million years old and in the span of the cosmic time scale that's nothing it's like a dot it's yeah it's nothing yeah like we've been we've been on modern humans have been on this planet for two million years and we have barely scratched the surface of anything that has to do with earth's history but say a couple million years into the formation of the solar system basically the there was this awesome but extremely terrifying gravitational event where um jupiter which originally jupiter and saturn which originally formed farther out in the solar system plunged inward to Hmm. the inner solar system crossed orbits with neptune and uranus and basically threw asteroids everywhere Hmm. and these impacted the planets pretty much every day in this period and life was developing and evolving during this time yeah like without without fail that's crazy. life is a lot tougher than you may think 
Like we think of it as very fragile, but really we're the fragile ones. Yeah, that's true. Oof. I think we're that I think that adds a little bit to the whole which the question that I was trying to ask beforehand. So global warming is a huge topic of conversation today. Sure. Especially for people in the Northeast, they're really concerned about us not getting any snowfall until what is it, like March or something? Yeah, yeah that's that's a big deal. Yeah. So do you think that since humans have basically messed actually no have humans contributed a lot to this global warming issue do you think or? oh absolutely and i don't think we should even be asking that question anymore all right just because to clarify the more we <laughs> ask that question the the higher the sea level rises but you know honestly like it's more of a a humanitarian crisis than anything else mm. because it's not going to be us that really gets affected by this at first it's going to be very small countries such as like the maldives which will literally get swallowed by the ocean yeah or like, like new orleans which is really which is bad. not even above uh like even sea level. even new york city which yeah. is like which it what is it like 11 million people live there in yeah new york something city? like that like half of it would be underwater mm. that's not good yeah <laughs> but like I believe in human innovation, and if we do ultimately screw ourselves up like that to the point where, like, we look back on this time and we were like, you guys were idiots, and we might. Like, human innovation, we'll figure out a way. We'll build oceans on the cities. We'll go underground. We'll move f- further inland. We'll build new cities. We'll keep going. If not at for a sacrifice of maybe a couple hundred pe- a couple million people on the coastlines, either by drowning or homelessness or anything like that. Like, it'll be a major epidemic. It's a major problem that we don't have to go through, but yeah. it's something that we'll get through. I think I've been thinking a lot about this this concept. Um, so when I'm, I'm going to take us back a little in history. When we go to the time of slavery in the United States, let's say like the 1700s, mm-hmm. it was normalized. We thought it was just normal. Okay, everyone has slaves. I'm going to have slaves. Of course, there are some people who were abolitionists thought that it shouldn't exist i think we're now at a point and i've been trying to think what is it what is that thing that we do that when we look back upon in in the future we're going to be like you guys are absolute idiots because i think environmental destruction yeah and and i think it is environmental destruction and there are people we have like the environmentalists that think that we should uncover all this stuff now saying we had abolitionists but i justin and also joey uh, and i'll give my thoughts too yeah so this is the most heated topic I think that we're facing right now. I want to know what your thoughts are on the Green New Deal. I haven't. I, I'm actually not familiar with it. Okay, explain it to me. Yeah. So Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who is a representative New. in the House of Representatives, um, I got to meet her by the way. Really? What? I did when I was in uh, when I was in the uh, the Capitol. I saw her office and like. We were walking by, and a couple of the people who were fans of her, we, we AOC, waved hello. AOC. That's, <laughs> so, she, that's she really like cool. She waved and went into her office. She's busy. That's really but cool. like her office is like surrounded by like cameras and everything. She was like an that. Intel finalist, right, or something um, like that. I believe so. Yeah, because I she remember she finalist. she has she has a. I know she's not STS, but she's yeah. Intel. I know she has a star, because I remember. Yeah, she does. She does. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but. So she proposed this this resolution, not a bill. Not a a bill. lot of people think it's a bill, which it proposes that we do X and Y Z thing. Okay. The resolution just outlines goals of first recognizing that um, 
the environment and climate change is caused by humans and it sets goals like for example in i think 10 years they want us to be totally electric they want us to reamp our transportation system there's also a whole bunch of stuff related to wage inequality and women's rights and how it's related to the environment as well um and i think it's become a a really hot topic for people to talk about for example the 2020 de- democrats why it I, seems obvious i mean it, it does <laughs> it right seems. but and, and it's it's disgusting that I mean, I mean, politics gets like involved money. of all of this like and that's and it, everything yeah. like i kind of get it honestly i yeah. get why people are so like tight about this because like i like my dad tells me and i actually experienced this myself because um like I, I do have a job and I do earn my own money and I do get taxes on it. Yeah. Like I get like I don't know, like like something like ten to twenty percent on taxes. My sure. dad gets like half. Mm-hmm. So I think our is, parents do which too. Which is kinda crazy. Because like you think about that. You work hard, you and there's a lot of hard working good people in this country. And there's the fundamental that half of your money that you worked for and you earned is going for the government, for other people who don't want to work. I get that. Sure. But there are some things that people need to realize that if if other people are doing well, even if it's the expense of your hard work, the entire society does better as a whole. It's a global community. That's what we've been trying to emphasize. That's what, oh my, this country is built off of individualism Yeah. and working for your own self-interest. But, dude, if people could recognize, and like I, I, I just too be understand. Nice. Yes. And, just and be a good person, nice. you know? And if it's, someone is, needs help, just help them. That's exactly. my issue with politics. That's my issue with politics now. I feel like it's so biased or partisan at this point where people aren't considering the person next to them as a yeah. part of their community. Instead, they're looking at them as an enemy, another species, if you will. Or they focus on their ideology and they say, my ideology says I need to do this, but I know something that's more efficient and better focuses more on a different ideology, so I'm not going to touch it because it doesn't focus and on And honestly, that. I think that's why, like both parties really can't trust each other because they've all done bad things and they've all done good things for a lot of different types of people. There needs to be someone that is so not affiliated that can just come and say like, hey, chill out. Let's take one problem at a time. We'll find actual solutions to this I'm like justin Chiavo, president yes, 2050. yes yes but i'm, I'm also gonna plug Never. i'm also gonna plug <laughs> one of one of my favorite 2020 candidates right now and someone that i think everyone should beto no actually no. i've i've jumped off the beto bandwagon really um i think he's he started his campaign very rocky i think he doesn't have a lot of policies um i am interested in, to see what he can do especially since he's a a very strong candidate. He got a lot of money in his first 24 hours. He broke the record getting $6.1 million. But here's my Damn. new favorite. My new favorite is Pete Buttigieg. Hmm. I love him. Like, seriously love him. Um, I think he's the most intelligent candidate on that stage right now. I think he has credibility. I think, and for anyone who does not know him, I'm going to give his resume right now because I've memorized yeah, it. Yeah, Asher told me to check him out Go like, for it. yesterday. It was pretty crazy. He is a Harvard graduate. He is a Rhodes Scholar. He Cambridge graduate, I think, as well, or Oxford. No, it's Oxford. Oxford. Rhodes Scholar is Oxford. He 
has been a mayor for eight or nine years in South Bend, Indiana. Yes, small town, about 100,000 people, but still a mayor. He did um, service in Afghanistan for nine months, which was paid leave as part of his um, mayor role. So he has military experience. Not only that, but he also worked uh, in consulting for certain company. Uh, I forget which company it was. Oh, it was McKinsey. Um, and so if anyone watches him, I think he's the dude that you're talking about. Um, I think he has incredible composure, and I also think that he's very intelligent, and he's disarming, and that's very valuable. That's something that I thought Beta would be very good at, but I think he's he's just been apologizing for a lot, and I don't I don't necessarily always want someone who's super apologetic, apologetic yeah. right? Like you shouldn't. It's almost like you're pandering, right? There was some there was a comment that he made about how it's like a pity thing. Yeah, and and yeah. be if be proud of what you say. If you do say something wrong, obviously. Like, go back upon it and apologize. But say things purposefully, and you should know what you're talking about before yeah. you say something. I was watching a, Absolutely. I was watching a Trevor Noah interview. No, not interview, but one of his shows. One of his yeah. yeah, one of his segments. And he was doing this piece on Pete Buttigieg, booty, whatever. Buttigieg. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, his name is spelled with G-I-E-G or something like I that. I gotta look him up yeah. later. Yeah. yeah, and so people are like, Buttigieg, Buttigieg. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but anyway, I was watching um, a segment of Pete Buttigieg, and... He was saying, we tried to find videos of him or some evidence which paints him in a bad light. But it is literally impossible. There's nothing out there that paints him in a bad light. Yeah. He's also 39, so he's, and also very, he's very, very young. Um, yeah, he's a homosexual. Or, sorry, he's homosexual. Oh, really? He's and in he's his 30s. So he's a fairly young candidate. Um, something that we've never really seen before, which is pretty crazy. He's the first openly gay um, candidate. Um, I think there were there was Good speculation about, about other presidents. Him. Being also gay, I for, I think it was was it Ford? I don't remember. Um, I'll I'll definitely link something at the at the bottom of our description that explains uh, a little bit of that just, speculation. This is just funny. Have you ever seen the show Big Mouth? I have. I, I have to. I have, have not. There's this awesome bit that um like like oh they're listing like gay people, and like they say like Anthony Scalia, and he says like oh like weren't you like against gay rights or something like that? And he says like oh I was deep in the closet. Oh God. <laughs> That's just funny to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Joe, um, I want to know your thoughts now on, on the New Deal. Uh, the New Deal. Okay. Um, so, like Asher said, there's a whole bunch of controversy around the resolution. Again, not a bill or a law or anything of that nature, which is what kind of, I think a bunch of people in the political sphere mix, it, mix up. They think that the Green New Deal is a law or a bill that wants to be passed, but it, it's really not. It's just kind of like an idea, a resolution. Yeah. Um, so for me personally, I don't really know where to stand on it, particularly because I feel like there's no clear outline. Again, you can pass a resolution or an ideology, right? But to what extent is that actually going to transfer to the public? To what extent is that actually going to be passed into legislation? Sure. I do not know. And so I was watching a, a Vox or Vice video about this, actually. And they talked about this. We'll, we'll link it down below, of course. And they talked about this idea of strategic framing. And I think, Asher, you could add into this if you would like. But Yeah, it was a Vox video. Yeah, so strategic framing is this idea which media companies and politics, just really anything where people get their news from, use in order to captivate their audience. So. Yeah. They, instead of talking about the morality of the resolution or a law bill, anything of they that nature. They talk about the politics. They talk it. about the politics. What is the probability of it being passed? Who will it hurt? Who will it benefit? 
they're not talking about the morality. Is it a good or bad thing to pass? Yeah. Which I feel really puts a smudge on the record of the Green New Deal or really just hurts hurts the whole idea of the Green New Deal because I think that it has a really it has valuable aspects like of course transitioning to different energy sources for society will benefit society writ large but not, and and not only is it good for the environment but there have been reports a lot put of out jobs. creates jobs and on a top of that of it's also going to be less expensive than oil in the very very close future which I will also link an article because I've been oh, trying yeah, to research sure. more into this but also just think about it like the sun outputs 1% 1% of the sun's energy is all the energy that we use on earth in every hour sorry i didn't say that right every hour of sunlight that the sun puts out one percent of that is about how much energy that the human race has used in its entirety wow Wow. the sun is powerful Mm -hmm. and you can think about this because the sun is 93 million miles away and it has the ability to burn us that is a nuclear furnace it is free energy for the next billion years you can yeah. harness that if you can tap Yet into we're it. digging in the ground <laughs> yeah yeah i mean plants have been using it for since the beginning of time yeah think exactly about it. and i feel and like they've been doing really well so far. and it's a free yeah. resource you don't have to drill into the ground which costs money you just well i mean you have to create the solar panels but once you have the solar panels not only are you having energy but you also make money because on top of that you can sell off the energy that you've made to others like other resources also there's this awesome idea that i i I don't know if this is true i don't know if this has been proven but there are talks that the lunar soil the lunar regolith has all the materials needed to build solar panels really all the the lunar soil yeah so all you need to do is like run a machine over it, collect those what? materials, process it, and can literally print solar panels on the ground on the moon. Can we three D print and no gravity? Oh yeah, of course we can. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I what? think they have one on the space station. They oh use my it to god, parts. Three <laughs> D printing is so cool. We we just got one in our library, and I saw them when they were putting it in, and it was like I'm just amazed. There's by one it. in the library now. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And oh, they're inexpensive awesome. too, which is not what I initially thought. They've reduced in price. Same way with solar panels. It used to be really expensive. Now they advertise it everywhere. And as I said before, it'll be less expensive for you to use that than it is to, to yeah. buy oil. And bringing it back to that, that's also partly due to Elon Musk and Solar City and Tesla of yeah. what he's been doing. Because he, um, he, I believe his cousin or something like that, owns Solar City, which is kind of his sister company. I believe he's still on the the board for it and they are the largest supplier of solar panels in america Mm. and now tesla just came out with the solar roof which are literally tiles like roof tiles that look like roof tiles but they're solar panels yeah that's a game changer absolutely because a lot of people are like dang this shit this stuff's ugly and they're not like and like it's not like inexpensive or it's not like like expensive or anything like that it's yeah. not crazy bad mm. like even teslas they're not crazy expensive they are expensive yeah they made and a I'm baseline sure, model as but well. they're a lot better. i'm sure they will reduce in price over time as well because it'll be more profitable for for you and to get an electric just be car more of them yeah there'll be more of them they're gonna be they're probably gonna start leasing them so they're gonna be so they oh gonna yeah it's only buying on now right as well yeah i believe so mm. so it's like just starting and even if like 
Tesla's technically already succeeded because every car company in the business is now working on an electric car to compete with them. Yeah. Wow. I they I have a weird thing out. about Elon Musk. I don't know where his intentions lie. I also don't know if he's real. <laughs> no, not, not like real, real. I I Tony Stark. I'm gonna go back to him. Yeah, yeah, sure. Is although uh, like a mega billionaire, right? He's kind of fake. He puts on a facade. Yeah. yeah, and and I don't know if Elon Musk is like that. I think he's just goofy. Like some people are just like that. Like mm. I'm like that. I like I like if you like he does like really fun stuff he like, made a torch like dude. the flame the <laughs> not a flamethrower that's just hilarious yeah. yeah he sent the car into space like that's just fun and then this whole meme review thing with pewdiepie like that's great yeah i want to see more of that i want to see jeff bezos do that i don't think jeff <laughs> nah, bezos i don't will. think jeff bezos I, I need to see well. like powerful people have a sense of humor it's it's i think that's key too especially in politics it humanizes him and yeah. that's why i think like like when you think about like what he does and also if you've ever seen him public speak he's a very good speaker actually i at think the beginning so. yeah he was really bad yeah he's really pretty terrible stutters hmm. a lot but he does it he put he purposely puts himself out of his comfort zone that's what we're talking yo you're getting to such a key point dude we've been having this conversation for the past six months Pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. We yeah. just trust me. It it real and you know honestly, I said I was an introvert before. Not anymore. Yeah. Like I I love to speak. I love to voice my opinion. I'm in class. I'm the I am I make an effort in every single one of my nine classes to raise my hand at least once. Good. Just at setting setting once. those small goals are important because like. That that I just con I just like to contribute. I like to contribute to the conversation. I mean, like, um, if you ever see me in physics, I'm the only one raising my hand, even yeah, but though Sarevsky never calls on you're me because she already engaged. knows what I'm talking about. Sure, sure, that makes sense. But, but that that I still that is I still want to learn. I like that's why honestly, like, school is hard. It sucks sometimes, but I love it. I love school. I will second that, and I, I know love, Joey will third I definitely that. Will third I love that. learning. I love it so much, and I wish people would love it more. I think the the fun of learning has been completely drained yeah. in our society. And when, when I think about, like, problems in us in our society, for me, that's the main one. Mm. Education, yeah. It's not that, like, education is bad. Like, we're learning more than our parents did at this age. Like, we're doing... Asher, for example, we're doing... We just finished our, our series yep. in... BC Calc. In BC Calc. My dad told me that he didn't learn that until a senior year of college. Yeah. Like, we are being exposed to way more information than we could have ever been thought of, and it is such a gift... Mm. But unfortunately, so many people are taking it for granted. It's because they don't understand context. People, yeah, people aren't incentivized to learn. I think that with all the opportunities which we have around us, we have YouTube, we have social media, we have literally anything online. You can get a college degree online. That's how crazy it is. And yet M people MIT, MIT and Harvard all live stream like a ton of their ton, lectures. Yeah. I was watching an algorithm video from Harvard the other day and I was just really, I, I was sitting in my room and I was like, it, it's crazy that we have the opportunity to do things like this. And yet the video, although this might seem crazy, but it 
only has 6 million views, which you might be like 6 million views. It's kind of crazy. But still, why doesn't it have a billion views? I mean, like how many people are on this planet? I don't even know. Yeah, Just why does why does a picture billion, of an egg get half. get a ton of yeah, likes, does, but people aren't watching videos like that? That's true, I mean? but I do like the egg thing. That's just fun. <laughs> yeah. That's just fun. Yeah. Like that's just like the internet and people just being hu- that's like humanizing sure. because like we all like that stupid stuff like that. Here's what I love about some of the freshmen's um the the freshmen in the Congress right now. Um, and also people like Beto, who I, I, I still kind of like, but I don't like him as much. Yeah. Um, but I like that they humanize the process with live streaming. Um, I think that's a very key way of tapping into the youth. I also think it's a very key way of being more open about how the process is because a lot of it was behind closed doors. I mean, when C-SPAN was created, which was the first thing that ever televised um, uh, politics, and, yeah. like, and that was in the 70s. When that first started, that was seventies. Yeah, dude. That late. Yeah, and wow. and it was revolutionary because people finally saw like what actually goes on in the House of Representatives, what actually goes on during a Senate hearing, uh, and that's that's huge because it brings people we're into all just it. Did a collective. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I that's something that that I really like. But to your point about how we have to be more involved in, a, in our education. I think education's a lifelong thing. I think many, many people... You can't just stop learning because you're not in school. Yeah, anymore. I think many people think of it like that. That's what I appreciate about you, Justin, because you say, my journey is never finished. Yeah. I mean, you said it beforehand. Like, like th- you're going to dedicate your life to yeah, this craft. I am. And you're gonna or continue. I'm going to die trying. Of course. And, like, obviously, not everyone has to have that same drive. Like, you can just do it on, like, little things, even. Like... For example, if you are, if you decide in life that you want to be passionate about something and you want to fulfill that dream, what are you waiting for? Just go. Yeah. Just go. Quit your job if you don't like it. Get a job that you do like or stay in the job that you do like and save money so that you can do the thing that you want to do. Mm. Like there are things in life and there are still ways for people to do what they want to do and i believe that we're at the beginning of a revolution like that because now now we have the internet which can be available to anybody who has even a smartphone and it's a lot easier to get a smartphone in like even just like developing countries now yeah like a lot of people they don't have a computer they have a smartphone Hmm. to communicate and that's and that's so powerful because now everybody can do what they were felt like they are meant to do. And I believe that when humanity achieves that level where the majority of people do what they want to do and not are just doing it because they have to, we will ascend to like a new level of humanity. And honestly, like... When I think about space and the universe and science even in general and just learning in general, it has this amazing thing of bringing people together like I've never seen. Mm. Like, honestly, that's why I believe in the next hundred years, our planet will be unified under one government, one country, one planet 
because we are one species. We are all in this together. We are one little dot in the middle of nowhere. Do you think that we Why need... are we fighting over little pieces of this little dot? Let's unify the dot so we can become more than that. Mm. But do you think that we need like an external conflict, for instance, an invasion of aliens to have that? Yeah, I've always, I've always thought that's, It could yeah. start it. It could start it, but I don't think we need to. Mm. I don't think we need to because um, either we do come together as a planet or we go extinct. It's yeah. just how it is. It's just logic. If one part of humanity fails, then we technically all fail. And we're not going to be getting anywhere just by politics. We're not going to be getting anywhere by arguing over issues and debating like who controls this portion of land in this country. I get that there's ethnic stuff mm-hmm. and there's like family history and religious history behind everything. But in the end, and I did realize this very early on, and I know you guys talked about religion a lot in these things, but every major religion has the same ideology. We literally yeah, just we talked like, about dude, this, this earlier. This is such deja vu. Oh we were talking about God. this yesterday. Be nice to people. Don't go behind their back. Don't lie. Don't kill. Don't steal. It's all the same thing because we're all human. These, like, Religion shouldn't be like a textbook it just should be a guide on how you want to treat other people yes it should be a, a a idealistic goal of of how we treat each other rather than oh wondering oh are we gonna go to heaven are we gonna go to hell who cares <laughs> yeah i mean you die so like you're not living on this earth anymore make but, but... make your life meaningful yeah not the life in not the next life this life yeah because you have you have no certainty what you, goes you on have after. no idea That's and if totally you do true. please call yeah, <laughs> yeah for justin what, what's your view on death since we're kind of talking about mm, it? my view on death um i don't know like i'm not <laughs> that's the truest like, answer i could ever hear i honestly don't know <laughs> i respect that i mean I it's know. a respectable answer um too early i think that it takes a lot for someone to say i do not know it does. Yeah, and that's it's, an, a problem. it's an ego thing. It that's takes a problem. A lot. And you'd be surprised on how many scientists say I don't know. That's what makes them so intelligent. And that's that those are the scientists that are not put on TV. Those are the scientists that are not put on TV because no one wants to go on TV and say I don't know, even though it's one of the most brave and most honest, honest things that you can do. And it's part of the scientific method to say you don't know. Yeah. Let's find out. Humility is not attractive. Being being humble is not attractive. We focus on larger than life people. Actually, I think that's changing. You do? I think so too. I think being humble, like being successful and being and know that you have all this stuff is is becoming more of like an attractive thing to people. It's just foreign. Mm. It's like getting cold feet almost of this new way of thinking. What do you think's caused that? Generational differences is one thing. Could be just like like humans. It could be an evolution thing. Like we need to adapt to change, and the people that don't adapt to change will do will won't do as well in their life as people who do. Sure. 
Thank you all so much for listening to that episode of the Debate Without Debate podcast. Justin's going to be back on for the second half of his conversation next Saturday. And as always, we'd love to know what you thought of this episode or just our podcast in general. So feel free to message us on any of our socials, which are always linked down below. This was the DWD podcast. We're signing off until next week. Peace. Peace.